This is a special cultural episode with Dr. Sarah Elmadani. Now many of you may know her from the Real Housewives of Dubai. I recognize her for her courage and authenticity. She shares on social media every single day. She's an award-winning entrepreneur and the most influential influencers of 2023. In 2017, she was elected to be on the board of the Council and the Ministry of Economy in Dubai. And at the age of 15, she started her business. And ever since, she's been striving and surviving and making it all happen. Thank you, Sarah, for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's a complete pleasure. I admire you as a woman who has unleashed herself from the cultural constraints to live a truthful life for herself and her family as an Emirati. Every name stems from a symbolic meaning. What does the name Sarah mean? Well, it the actual meaning of the name Sarah is princess. <laughs> which I'm which I don't act like, <laughs> don't feel like. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, it, it just means like someone of power or royalty. Um, yeah, but but that's that's the name my mom chose for me. Her and my dad went back and forth about the name Reem, Sara, Sara Reem. In the end, it was just Sara. That's actually beautiful. And it makes me think that your name is synonymous to being a princess because you're always in the forefront line advocating for a positive cultural change and sharing wisdom and information. So what are your three personal values today compared to 10 years ago? Um, I'm definitely not the same person I used to be even a year ago because um, my number one thing that I thrive on is waking up every day and being a better version than the person I was yesterday. So if I was to speak about the my three core values, number one is just authenticity. Um, no matter what, no matter where or how, under any circumstance, I'm completely me, unapologetically. Um, in the past, I used to shy away from that because I felt like, oh, what if I don't get accepted? What if I'm too different? What if, what if, what if? Today I live um, an authentic life. There is no what if. It's me and only me. And if people like me for that, that's great. If people don't like me for that, that's also great. So that's like one of my main core values. Second thing is transparency. In the past also as well, I used to be scared of being transparent because sometimes saying the truth can get you in trouble because that's what we were brainwashed to believe, that you got to say what people want to hear so you can be accepted. But that's not the case with me anymore. So I would say that's um, that's the, the second thing. The third thing is I no longer exist. I live. I used to exist because when you are a byproduct of your culture, when you're a byproduct of everything around you, the industries, education and all that, you're just not really you. You've been molded into something and someone that people told you to be. Who you are, how you are, what you are has been taught to you. So I don't do that anymore. I am not a byproduct anymore. I've unlearned everything I've been programmed to believe in the past, and I've discovered who I really am. So I would say these are the three things that I am today that I wasn't 10 years ago. I just want to pick up on a point when you said molded into who they want us to be. And I think because it serves them better, 
in some ways. I mean, as an Afghan woman, I am certainly a byproduct of a culture and to some extent still am. Living in between these two worlds, one which I have been conditioned and am familiar with and the one that I'm creating for myself and really stepping into the unknown. So it certainly is an act of bravery, in my opinion, and I think it's really recognizing what part of culture really serves you, your mind, your body, health, and which part doesn't. Which leads me to ask you this question. In the midst of your spiritual journey, you mentioned you reprogrammed your brain. Could you share more on how that journey looked like for you? I think um, that journey is a journey of uh, getting rid of fear. A fear of not getting accepted, a fear of being judged. What are they going to say? How are they going to look at me? Um, what will the family say? What will the family friends say? What will the community say? So it's just, um, I would say, letting go of the fear when it comes to something like that, number one. And then the next thing is basically understanding that when people look at something that's different, they're not used to it, it's different. They react in two ways. Number one, they're either scared because it's not like them. It looks different. It acts different. And the second thing they might do is judge. So they have two ways to go about seeing things or people that are different. Either judge them or either be scared of them. But there is actually a third option that only people who have embarked on a spiritual journey can look at the third option. And the third option is to choose love. And when you are facing something you don't understand, something that's different, you can just choose to love. That's it. It's the universal human language. Uh, we're born with love. We live with love. We die with love, you know? So mm. it's me realizing that I do not need to seek people's permission to be who I am. I do not need to seek validation to be accepted. I am who I am, and I don't need anyone to tell me that I am. And of course, you understand coming from a similar culture that it's not easy for especially a woman. It's easier for a man mm. um, to break out of the chain and the patterns because a man can do whatever he wants. He's never wrong in our culture. But when a woman does it, it's a huge thing. So for a woman to break that chain and to realize that she has the right to live the life she wants. She has the right to do the mistakes she wants. She has the, the right to be free. Mm -hmm. And that's just normal human rights, basic rights that we should all have. Mm -hmm. So it took me a while to understand all of this. And I think what really um, opened my eyes to all of that was around, I'd say, five years ago. Mm -hmm. I There was a huge... Um, negative campaign that a lot of haters uh, did against me online. Mm -hmm. Rumors when I was getting divorced and because my ex-husband um, also like, instead of him owning up to what he did wrong and why I walked away, he being a narcissist, he told people that I was the one who did wrong. I did this and I did that. Mm -hmm. So people had this campaign against me where they went online and they were like spreading lies and rumors and stuff like that. Now, you're sitting down watching something you cannot control, you cannot stop, you have no power over, mm. to the extent that it started spreading around the, the community, and it affected my work, it affected my relationships with people, it even affected my uh, collaborations with brands. Mm. 
And when I reached that point, I was like, you know, instead of saying, oh my God, my life is ruined. I was like, hold on, hold on. This is exactly why I lived every day pretending to be someone I'm not. Because I feared that people might judge me. I might lose relationships if I was authentic. People will talk badly about me. But it did happen. And I'm okay. And then you realize once you pick yourself up and you're back to being successful again, people forget about it. It's mm -hmm. because people or like people don't even care. When you're up, they're going to celebrate you. When they're, you're down, they're going to tear you down. And that's mm -hmm. when I realized, I was like, oh my God, I hit rock bottom. Everyone was talking about me, lies and rumors and all that. My reputation was tainted. I'm still alive. I'm okay. You know, still do, do. I can thrive. I can grow. I'm still successful. I still own my businesses. I'm making money. So it just hit me. And I was like, my God, I've been living in the shadows of fear for so long. Mm -hmm. And I just rebelled indirectly. And I'm okay. And that's where I decided to just stop pretending to be someone I'm not. Stop um, feeding people's expectation and trying to be something I'm not. And just trying to just make people happy and everyone around me happy. And I just decided to focus on me and making myself happy. So I think hitting rock bottom opens your eyes a lot. What's facts and what's fiction. And yeah. I realized that half of the things the culture uh, the fear that the, the culture instilled in me was all fiction. Wow, Sarah, I got chills. I, I have to repeat what you said. Um, the fear the culture instilled in me or in you was fiction. I mean, it makes so much sense because there are boundaries that are set to like limit us from our full potential. In other words, it's like to protect us. But then how can we live a life without discovering new avenues and where we are bound to make mistakes? In one of your interviews, you mentioned culture is about satisfying the people in the grave. How would you define culture in one word? I, 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 won't, I don't want to define culture, but I'll tell you how I see culture. Um, it is peer pressure from the grave. Um, how did culture start? A bunch of people just sat together, what, 50, 60, 70, 100 years ago? And they were like, okay, let's make rules for everybody. Mm. And then these people died. And we're living in a total different era, total, total different timeline, total different life. And we're still satisfying them while they're gone. Why can't I sit with my family and create my own culture? Um, why can't a, a new group of people come up with new cultures for people who are living in today's uh, world? Why, why was it only a one-time green ticket allowed for a group of people and then the, 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 the right to do so is gone? So to me, culture is just a way of living based, chosen and based on how you feel life should be. Hmm. So I have my, my, I have my own culture with my son. I respect culture. I love culture. It's, it's great, you know, to know mm -hmm. that, you know, a country has culture because it talks somehow about history. It gives mm -hmm. you some substance to history. But at the same time, I view culture as a box of chocolate. Not every flavor I like. I'll take what I want if it makes sense to me. What I don't uh, feel like makes sense to me, I don't use it. I don't apply it. I don't do it whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Because I look at culture as something that ruins religion. You know, it's funny because religion says some things are okay, but culture says it's not. 
So like when I was getting divorced, I got divorced twice um, and I chose the wrong partners. Um, So when I got divorced, the culture was telling me, no, a woman should stay. Love is about taking it all and just staying. Even if you you have kids, you gotta, you gotta keep it in. You gotta, you know, give up your whole life and just take it while religion said, if it doesn't work, you can leave. So to me, culture ruins religion and it overrules religion, which is sad because we care more about what people would say than what God, than the rights that God gave us to practice. And that's very confusing. That's very confusing when people choose that. I agree with you, Sarah. And I must say that culture and religion are like two separate things, in my opinion. Religion is between you and, since I'm a Muslim, I call it, and I refer it as Allah. And others may call it the universe or greater power, whatever names people feel comfortable using. It's the relationship between you and the greater universe. And I feel like culture, like you mentioned, and I just couldn't agree more, is based on the community, the shared norms and values that you all have, right? And it's so important to just distinguish the two and realize, although they may go hand in hand in some ways or at some parts in our life, but they don't necessarily are one thing together so i really love the way you just pointed that out i must say so sarah how did you build your strength through tough times who supported you how did i build myself you don't build character by practicing affirmations or gratitude in the morning or standing in front of a mirror and saying that i'm strong i'm tough you, you don't you don't build it like that. These are the things you do to maintain your character that you have built. But building a strong character, um, I remember one day when I was, uh, I think, 18. Mm. I've already had a business at the age of 15. So I felt like I was way beyond my years. I was an old soul. So I remember mm. I sat down and I, I had an aunt that went through a divorce. And um, the whole community just turned their back on her. And then she struggled. She had to hustle, start a business just so she can make a living for her and her kids. Mm. So looking at a woman that's related to me, go through something like that, it just, it really ignited an emotion in me that why, why would people reject someone uh, of their own just because she didn't ob- oblige by the culture's rules, okay? Yeah. And I, and I sat down and I said, God, I want you to make me strong. God, I want you to make me resilient. God, I, I, I don't want to suffer like my aunt. I don't want to be played. I don't want to be, I don't want to be codependent on people in my family or the culture. I, I don't want to go through what my aunt went through. Mm-hmm. And when I prayed for these things, God gave them to me. But the only way God can teach them to me is not by sprinkling magic dust on me from heaven. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work like that. He has to put you through moments and situations where that character, which is like a muscle, gets stronger and stronger in you. Mm -hmm. So I prayed for strength. God put me through hard moments. I prayed to be resilient. God put me in situations with people who are unforgiving and unkind. So everything I prayed for came to life, but it didn't come with a cheap price. It came with a hard lesson because us humans, we are programmed by God. We're like 
we're genetically like that. We're made like that. Mm-hmm. We don't learn by words. If people give you advice, you don't take it unless you've lived a situation, then the advice will apply. So we need to learn the hard way because mm-hmm. we're full of hope and full of love and full of like, you know, a wishful thinking. We're, we're built like that because that's how we survive as humans. God gave us these superpowers so we can survive and move uh, forward in life. But also these superpowers are also, uh, they say, a sword with two edges. They're good and bad because sometimes mm-hmm. they keep you in situations where you should not stay. I had to go through tough moments in my life. I had to hit rock bottom. So I mm-hmm. would become the person I am today. So if you tell me today, if you tell me, Lita, you tell me, I have a magic wand. I'll take you back to when you were 20 and I will erase everything bad that happened in your life. Every time you cried, every time you were backstabbed, every time you were lied to, every time somebody stole something from you, betrayed you, cheated on you, I'll wipe it all off. And if you tell me you have that magic magic stick and you want to wave it in front of me, I'll tell you, hold on, don't do it. Because if you do that, I would not be the Sarah I am today. I would not have my son. I would not have the success that I have today. Everything is a result of the journey that I went on in my life. Therefore, I changed nothing. No matter how painful the situation was, no matter how bad, how brutal, I believe that everything in life happens for a reason. And I was a student of life and God had to drag me through that alley because there's no other way for me to learn but to be dragged there. Thankful for everything. I would not change anything, nothing. I would, I would still do it. If you tell me you'd wake up tomorrow, you're 20 again. I'll tell you, I would do the same exact things all over again because I, I crave to be the woman I am today. The metaphor you used earlier um, about being dragged into the alley and you had to walk alone. I feel like that uncomfortable situation is then when we realize that we need to unleash our superpowers and we need to activate it. Um, to those who are listening, I feel like, in my humble opinion, I do believe that our most successful times ever is when we are alone and when we go through and recognize what we are and not the recognition we see in the newspapers or receive an award the next day, but the time alone. It's like you said, Sarah, it really builds character. Now to you, what does the world rebel mean? Rebel. Rebel means a person that is living and not existing. A person who's not a byproduct of anything. A person who's authentic. And a person that is living every day as if it's the last day. And a person that takes... uh, excuse my word, no shits from anybody, because being spiritual and being peaceful doesn't mean you're um, a loving person that allows everyone to step all over you. You're not a doormat. Mm -hmm. Actually, being spiritual is about finding inner peace and finding inner pieces when you stand up for yourself and you don't allow people to -hmm. step all over you and you have that balance of the yin-yang, dark and the white inside of you, you Mm -hmm. have them both. Mm -hmm. And I've seen a lot of people I've seen a lot of people um, go the wrong route where they think spirituality is about being just, you know, light 24-7. But that's not spirituality. Spirituality is embracing the darkness in you and knowing when is the right time to say yes, when is the right time to say no, 
and to fight for yourself. Because if you don't fight for yourself, then you're betraying yourself. Wow. So, yeah, so to me, that's, that's something I've learned the hard way. And I appreciate the hard way. Sarah, you make so much sense. Like being a rebel is having both the inner peace and being bold enough to not allow anyone to walk over you. I just couldn't agree more. And knowing when is the right time to say yes and no to whoever it may be, right? Now, women struggle to be who they are because they're always conscious of others' feelings before acknowledging their own. Um, in your opinion, why can't we voice our opinion without the fear of judgment? Why is this need for the filter to be liked, put on all the time? Because we've, as women, um, we've been brainwashed to feel like that is how it should be. So I don't blame women who struggle to break the chain or, or break their shackles and set themselves free. I, I do not blame them for being uh, in a situation where it's hard. Because imagine, um, and I say this all the time, your brain is like tofu. Whatever you marinate it in, it becomes. Imagine being marinated in culture and the education system and your upbringing. And then one day you want to change it all. It's not easy. It's not easy. Definitely not, not easy. And I will tell every woman it's not easy. But the end result of this uneasy journey is such a pleasant destination. So don't be scared to take that route. Don't be scared. It will get lonely. It will get scary. It is hard, but it's so worth it. The other side is so worth it. So I do understand, but I also want women to understand that it's okay. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, you know? And um, all these things we've been taught, uh, how to be women, how to be men, uh, the rights that men have, the rights that women don't have. These are all theories installed in us so the world can be um, controlled in a certain way. And women had the same rights men had. The world would be crazy, you know? So Mm -hmm. I feel like everything has been installed in a way to control people towards uh, a certain result. And it's worked for so many years, but right now a lot of people are setting themselves free. So for all the women out there who want to set themselves free, you're not alone. A lot of women are doing it and a lot of women are succeeding in it. It's not easy, but it's totally worth it. So what does the word woman empowerment mean to you and how do you put that into practice? I hate, I hate the word empowerment. I don't, <laughs> think women, I, don't, I don't think women need to be empowered. I've never heard guys say empower men or I've never seen a bunch of men hold hands saying empower me. Um, I feel like even that word is brainwashing women to feel like they ain't got no power and somebody has to hand it to them. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, empower me, empower me. No, no, no. Uh, You give birth. You give life. You bring life into this world. That man on top of a pedestal that everybody thinks is great, a woman gave birth to him. So don't undermine your power. Don't let people tell you, let me empower you. I think women just need somebody to inspire them and believe in them. That's it. We don't need empowerment. Um, If I can bleed for seven days and stay alive, if I can give uh, birth to a human being, if I am the reason life goes on, I don't need to be empowered. I'm sorry. So I really, really don't like the word empowerment. I I believe that women are strong. They just need 
they just um, the only thing they need to know is that they can. They don't know they can. And that's why men can do anything because they know they can. They give them the green light. They have the, the approval. They have the validation. They, hey, go ahead, do it. You can do it. You're a man. But a woman doesn't know she can. And if a woman knows she can, it's a game changer. And this is why I put myself out there so I can show a lot of women that if I've done it, any of you can do it. I'm Muslim. I come from an Arabic culture. If I can do it, anyone can do it. It just takes time and it's not easy, but it's totally worth it. Guys, I don't know if you've just picked on what she just mentioned and it's it just rephrased the whole question initially that there is no such thing as empowering that we are already powerful um and i and i personally think every and each one of us has their own unique place in the world and recognition of their own if if we only knew that we are already a unique cell and not made to be replaced so I just wanted to share that thought, just literally derived from what Sarah was talking about. Now you've won numerous Emirates Women Awards in 2011 and your recent as Influential Young Leaders 2023 Asia Award. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you so much. Thank you. And you look fabulous as always. Thank you. Thank you so much, sweetheart. As the most successful female business entrepreneur in the Middle East, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions about networking and socializing when it comes to meeting with new professionals. Now, we often put our best foot forward to create the most memorable impression in the fear that we may not be liked or our idea might be rejected. Why do we subconsciously act that way? Um, I, well, that is how the world goes. It's mm -hmm. like if you present a fake CV, you probably would get the job. Mm -hmm. And everybody inflates their CVs because they want to get the job. And mm -hmm. to me, that's seeking validation. I stopped doing this since like nine, nine years, I think, or 10 years, even more. I stopped um, impressing and I stopped faking my cv i just showed up as i am mm -hmm. and when you show up as you are a lot of people will accept you a lot of people won't your network might get bigger it might won't it might not mm -hmm. and that's completely okay mm -hmm. so the first the first step is understanding that it's okay if some people don't accept you and don't like you because we all want to be liked we will do anything to be liked but yeah. that's very toxic and yeah. it's okay and it's okay not to be liked. It's okay not to be accepted. I'm okay with walking in a room and some people say, I can't stand her. I'm okay with that. It's yeah. fine. I'm not everyone's cup of tea, right? You are at peace with that thought. You play the game differently, completely different. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. Second thing is, if I have to pretend to be somebody so you can feel like I'm important, I don't want that because one day you realize I'm not whatever I pretended to be. Therefore, what what's going on over here? It doesn't make sense to me. I like to be authentic when I'm building my network and I build my network based on people that are like me, think like me, have the same values like me, are weird like me. I like mm -hmm. that, you know, 
-hmm. And when you do something like that, your network is more successful than having a fake network around you that liked you for something you're not. Because someone else will come and pretend to be something better than you and they'll go ahead with that. But to have a solid network that really believes in you and loves you for who you are and, and respects you for who you really are without mm -hmm. you having to pretend or fake, that is the kind of network that's healthy and that will remain with you and that's going to be your net worth. So yeah. it's so important to know that, yeah, it, it still happens in the world. Um, a lot of people still do that, but you don't have to do that. We women are emotional human beings, right? Um, purely because we are born as mothers and we are caring and loving and we express emotions far easier and comfortably. How do you deal when you feel overwhelmed at work or whatever, whatever situation you may face? Well... I'm human, so I have days where I'm not motivated, I'm overwhelmed, I'm not feeling good. When I am feeling like that, I leave because I don't want to affect people with, with my feelings and emotions if they're not right. Hmm. So if I'm feeling overwhelmed, I go, I recharge, I come back. And that's um, actually, um, I'd say, an add-on to being your own boss. It's because you, ha you own your time. Mm. And as a leader of my company, I'm the leader there. I'm not the manager. I'm the leader. So mm. I am the visionary person. I'm supposed to make sure everyone's okay. I'm supposed to take care of everyone's feelings. I'm supposed to educate everybody. I'm the one who puts the vision. So if I'm not feeling 100 on that day, I just leave my team to do the best they can when, when like uh, in the office and, and all of that. So I feel like that is um, an, an advancement I have, being my own boss. But if I was working somewhere, actually, no, I cannot give an advice about that because I never worked for somebody. But, but I'm, I'm, I'm just assuming from a, from a human perspective. If you're not feeling 100% yourself, um, just understand that that feeling is not who you are. Mm. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling anxious, you're not an anxious person. You're not an overwhelmed person. It's just an, emo an emotion. It's like having a rainy day. The rain passes. It bothers you for a while, but it passes. So any feelings you have, let them pass you. Accept mm. them. Don't fight them. And just mm. understand that it's not that feeling doesn't define you as a person. And it's okay to feel like that. And for me, people tell me, like, what kind of person are you? I say, I'm a happy person. They say, yeah, but you go through ups and downs. I do. I'm sad sometimes. I go through ups and downs. I go through a lot of downs sometimes. But I am. But that doesn't define me. I'm still a happy person. I'm a happy person that's feeling down, which is normal. So I am a happy person regardless. My mind state, is, my, my state of mind is that I am a happy person. And no matter what feelings I go through, they don't define me. I let them flow through me. I accept them. I don't fight them. I feel it. I let it hit me and leave me. And that's that's a mistake that a lot of people do. And when they feel something, they dwell in it. Yeah. Why am I not feeling motivated? Why am I feeling disconnected? Why, 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 why? It's okay. You're human. Yeah. You're, it's, it's completely normal. Let it flow. Let it go. You know, once you let emotions hit you, go through you and leave you, you realize that it doesn't define you. Let it hit you, go through you, and leave you. Sarah, I can listen to you for hours. This is the reason why I do this series. 
is because I want all the listeners to understand the essence of emotional intelligence. So thank you, Sarah, for sharing that with us all. Now, you mentioned that you put your heart and soul in everything you do. How do you deal with female collaboration, clients, interactions, those that wish nothing to bring you down or compete in ways that are so unhealthy? Okay, I do not even deal with that. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, if anything like that happens to me, I don't even acknowledge its existence. I don't give attention to uh, low frequency things in my life. I vibrate very high. So it's important to disconnect from things like that because these things are there to distract you. And if they distract you, then that means they won. I am in my own world doing my own thing. I'm uh, resonating at a high vibration, engaging in high vibrational things and activities. I don't drop myself low and engage in these things. It's white noise to me. That, that's, that's like one, one way of coping with it. And the next way of coping with it, it's not even coping. It's a reality. Mm-hmm. Nobody can take away from you what God has written for you. So you can come, you can play, you can act dumb, you can do dirty things, you can do whatever you have to do. What's written for me, what's meant for me is mine. You cannot take it away. Having that kind of positive mindset um, makes you like, um, makes you titanium. Nothing goes through you. You're bulletproof, basically. It does bother you sometimes because some people overdo it. But don't dwell in these feelings as well. Like, okay, you know, just keep doing what you do. You're doing a great job. You know what you're doing. You play it right. You play it fair. You play it uh, clean. And you remain true to who you are. There's a lot of distractions around. Don't engage in those distractions. And that's it. Playing it right, fair and clean, which all adds to being a titanium and bulletproof. Gosh, Sarah, I love how you speak. Now, if you were to decode the definition of success, what would it be? Um, success is a word that everyone has the right to define it their way. So I cannot, some people think success is having X amount of money. Some people think success is sitting on this chair and this organization. Some people think it's their um, certificates that they have on the wall. Each one has a definition for success and you have the right to create your own definition. And when you allow yourself to create the definition of success, you will realize that you are successful. You were just being hard on yourself. So for me, success is what have I done for myself, which means like, have I lived my dreams? Have I uh, left my comfort zone? Uh, what do I, how, how do I reward myself? Am I uh, an empath just to others or to myself as well? Am I good to myself? Do I love myself? So success is what do you do for yourself? And then once you find that, what do you do for others? So for me, the act of service, of giving, of doing for others is success. When someone is successful and has a lot of money and a lot of certificates, but they do nothing for the world or for the people around them, for me, this is not success. Because once this person dies, none of the things they gathered goes to the grave with them. They're all borrowed. Mm. If you don't keep an impact in life, if you don't don't touch people's heart, if you're not serving, mm. then why are we even here to collect things that we can take with us once we go? It doesn't make sense to me. So success is in the act of service, servicing yourself and servicing others. If you were to invent one rule on social media, let's say Instagram, what would it be and why? 
I wish social media platforms had lie detectors because it's a very toxic environment. As well, it's a great environment for learning, for growth, for meeting great people, but it's also a very toxic environment because a lot of people are portraying happiness and success to be something that's not. Yeah. And that's affecting people and creating depression and um, creating anxiety. Yeah. While, while a person has a fake life there, everything is borrowed, nothing is owned, creating anxiety to everybody that's watching because everybody wants to be that person, but that person doesn't even own any of the things they have. So it's just diluting the image of success and happiness. And mm-hmm. I wish there was a lie detector to show you how many, there are a lot of uh, happy faces with sad souls everywhere. And not, mm-hmm. not everything you see is actually real. It reveals to us this fantasy, this beautiful fantasy at our fingertips, but no one really shows or reveals how they got there. I mean, on one side, it's inspiring, like you said, and it's nice to look up at these women. They have this beautiful skin and they're taking natural pictures, which is all the new era of, you know, how women are represented on Instagram today. It's not just the the flawless skin. Like, I'll give you a small story. I have a friend of mine um, who has a daughter who is 14 years old. Mm. And she once called me crying. She's like, please, I need you to mentor my daughter. Something bad happened. Please just talk to her and blah, 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 yada, yada. I said, why? What happened? She's like, I cannot speak on the phone. Just come over. So I went over to her house. I'm like, what happened? She said, I found out that my daughter has lied to men online told them that she is um, not a minor, she's 18, and she is she has been practicing being an escort at the age of 14. She looks older than her age. And I was like, mm-hmm. wait, wait, that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. You guys come, you guys have money, you guys have a good life. Why would your daughter have to go out of her way to get a job like this so she can make money on the side? And then um, when I had the chance to sit down and speak to the girl, she said, all the 14-year-olds on social media have these bags and these shoes. And when I ask my mom, my mom tells me, I don't need them. And I said, because you don't need them at this age. You do not need all these things to be happy. You don't need, like, you should be outside having fun, enjoying life. Why are you seeking validation from society based on your image? And then she said, all these 14-year-olds on social media have these things. And my mom didn't give it to me. Therefore, I had to find a way to make it. Imagine a girl having to become an escort at the age of 14 just so she can look like someone who's 14 on social media. Did did you see the amount of mental um, uh, toxicity and distress that's happening to young people on social media? Yeah, it's, it's just crazy. So I wish everybody would just hold themselves accountable. Mm-hmm. And understand that if you have, if God has given you a voice and a following and a community and a platform, um, you have less freedom and more responsibility with that. Not, yeah. for, not, more, not more freedom and less responsibility. With fame, um, you totally have the complete opposite. Because now you're responsible for every ear that's listening to you, every eye that's watching you. Yeah, you're right. From the story that you just shared is that we've become more detached from who we are and attached to what we want um materialism does speak louder on instagram than ever before i do agree with you and it's just scary to think that a bag or any sort of materialism would make you happy and in order to obtain it that you will 
go to that length. So Sarah, let's just imagine you're sitting opposite to 18-year-old Sarah Almadani today. What would you tell her? I'll tell her, keep being you. Uh, keep being weird. It's okay if you're not accepted or if you don't fit in. You were not born to fit in. And you're going to cry a lot. You're going to be let down a lot. But guess what? Every decision you took, whether it's wrong or right, you had the right to it. And it's okay to do mistakes. So, I, yeah, so I would just open her eyes to everything I learned, but not change anything about her journey. Wow, Sarah, I am so moved by the amount of wisdom, lessons and insights you shared with us today. I've certainly learned so much from you especially from the part that you mentioned and I'm not going to forget this is walking in the alley and really acknowledging your powers then and now a 40 minute talk when fairly quick to be honest wow (laughs) oh my gosh it's already yes it's it's unbelievable but it was it was such a joy to speak with you And I was just being a student in the room, but I got really empowered, or shall I say, really inspired by you. Honestly, thank you for having me. And um, thank you for these challenging questions, because um, these are the kind of questions people should hear, and not just the typical questions that happen on podcasts. Thank you for that, Sarah. That means a lot coming from you. Thank you. You are an incredible force and I hope whoever has listened today that their force within themselves has risen just like how you have done under circumstances. So thank you. I'm so glad I can add some positive value. Thank you. Dear listeners, I'm keen to understand your perception about culture today and what it means to you. If you haven't done so already, subscribe for yourself and let's discover the new perspectives. Our next guest will be a TV host from Daily Blast Live from USA. Her charismatic character is one we certainly want to learn more from.